Hi, this is Melissa K. Norris with Pioneering Today. Welcome. So I'm really excited today to talk about the second part in our winter gardening series. And so each month I'm going to take you through the, the steps to be planning for putting in a vegetable garden. So last month we discussed um, on winter planning in winter for gardening success. So if you missed that episode, you can catch it at MelissaKNorris.com on the podcast button and you can catch all my past episodes there. So we talked about um, ordering in our seeds, um, and of course, um, heirloom seeds is is my one of my main passions, and that I get really excited about. So I give you some resources for getting in your heirloom seeds. So what I want to talk about on today's episode is starting your seeds indoors. So depending upon where you live, of course, is when your growing season is going to start. So for for us, where we live in the Pacific Northwest. Um, our last frost date traditionally is around the end of April, but generally the, the soil and we can still get some, you know, freak cold <laughs> temperatures at night, especially on clear nights. So usually we don't put in our vegetables in the garden until about the third to fourth week of May, actually. Um, so as you can tell, that kind of is a, a fairly short growing season because the um, our first frost generally kind of happened in October. So that gives us um, basically just June, July, August, September, about four months of a growing season, which is pretty, pretty short, not quite as short as Alaska, but, you know, pretty short compared to a lot of the country. So if you start your seeds indoors before the last frost date to give yourself a jump on the growing season, you can actually extend your growing season by up to a month to almost two months, depending upon the plant. And that is huge for me um, to be able to get that much more produce that much sooner and that much more yield from the the crop Um, because we try to grow most of our um, vegetables, that kind of a thing, especially during the summer months as we can ourselves. And then um, I always plant um, with preserving in mind. So we um, this year did root cellaring. we used, um, actually we have a camper trailer. So my potatoes and a lot of my winter squash went out there. Um, and actually my butternut squash, I just kept in the house, um, on the open shelves in my kitchen. And I have one left. We're in February now. So they've held up really well. I was so shocked because my temperature kitchen, um, my kitchen temperatures vary, obviously, uh, you know, when we're cooking at home and have the wood stove gooding and that kind of a thing. So, to be able to just have food on the shelves open like that and, and storage wise and last that long was awesome. So I plan on planting a lot more butternut squash this year um, as well. So whenever we plant the foods um, that we plant, of course, we do do lettuce, which isn't really, we haven't really found a way to preserve lettuce. Um, but most of the stuff that we plant, we eat off of fresh throughout the year and then the bumper, the rest of the crop um, we preserve. So either canning, freezing, dehydrating, um, and then root selling. But seed starting, I anybody, the great thing about seed starting is, like I said, you get a really big jump on it. And a lot of the times, if you buy starts from, you know, the stores or nurseries, whatever, um, a little packet of seeds, which can have, depending upon, usually they go by weight, but, you know, can have anywhere from 10 seeds up to 30, depending on the size of it. Usually for one packet of seed is what you would pay sometimes even less for one start that someone else has started and you're buying the starts and planting them. 
So if you can do your own seed starts at home, not only do you get a jump on the growing season, but it's much more frugal and it's going to save you a lot of money if you're used to buying all your starts from the stores. So of course, you'll have to have your seeds on hand. So, um, and you want to get them in early so you can refer back to um, planning a winter and six gardening in winter for success episode um, that was last month and listen in on that. So one of the things um, when you're going to be starting your seeds is you'll need to know your dates. So you're going to need to know when your average last frost date is in your region. And I'll put in the resource section of this episode, which will be on mlsknorris.com under this episode under podcast. Um, I'll put the resource for finding that. Um, so I'll put the links to that. So you need to know what your last frost date is. And then I actually found this really awesome free chart from vegetablegardeningwithlorraine.com. And I'll provide the link for that too. And so she has listed the different vegetable crops and then the number of weeks that it takes to reach the transplant size. So when they're actually ready to be planted outside. And then she also has when you should be um, transplanting them out in reference to your last frost date. So most of your vegetables and your in your transplants, and this was all for vegetables, so I don't think there was any fruit um, in here because it's usually a little bit different. So for all your vegetables, the average number of weeks it takes from a seed to germinate to reach its transplant site is um, about four to six weeks. There are some that um, are a little bit shorter, and then there are some that are longer. So um, you'll want to go in and get this chart. And some of the some things you actually don't want to transplant or you don't want to grow, um, it, you start your seeds, you want to direct sow. So direct sow means you put your seed in the ground um, and you don't mess with transplanting. So a few of those things um, is beans. And then we've got carrots, lettuce, onions, peas, um, pumpkins, radishes, and turnips. Um, and this kind of also falls in with your squash. They're, um, they're really sensitive to root damage, um, which even if you're really careful, can be hard not to damage the roots. So squash is something that's best done direct. So as well, and even with our short growing period, um, I don't really have a problem not getting a good harvest off of our winter and summer squash by, by direct sowing them. And we've always just direct sown our beans have never started those and done transplanting. Um, but some of the things that really work well, if you can start them early to give yourself a head start, of course, is peppers and tomatoes. And you may have heard me talk before about my <laughs> not success with tomatoes. So this year, I am determined my tomatoes are going to be awesome. And it's going to help that we're putting up a greenhouse, which that will probably be our next um, next episode in this series is making your own greenhouse. So for tomatoes, these actually need to be started um about six to eight weeks, so about two months before your last frost date. So for me, that's going to be coming up here in March in about three or four more weeks. Um, and then your peppers are even a little bit longer. So hot peppers are 10 to 12 weeks, and your sweet peppers are eight to 10 weeks. So if you wanted to do seeds for them, depending upon what your last frost date is, that's something you're going to want to get started right away. <laughs> so when you're going to be starting your seeds and to have good success... Um, is you're going to need seed starting containers. There's lots of different things that you can use to put your seeds in, actually. I know you typically think of the peat pots that you will see in the store that you can buy, or 
you, a lot of people will buy starting trays, vegetable seed starting trays, and they're just like the little black plastic seed starting trays. So I actually have some ideas for you. Um, and I'll provide links to the articles and the resource section if you want to check these out further on actually how to do them. But it's to make your take newspaper and make your own homemade newspaper pots. Um, they're biodegradable. So some of the biodegradable things, which is the same as the peat pots, is you put your soil inside of it, put your seed in there, and then when it's time to plant, you just put the whole thing in the ground and then it degrades and then it continues to grow and you don't have to worry about damaging the roots or pulling it out. Um, a lot of people will use the toilet paper tubes. You just save the cardboard tubes and they will use those as um, seed startings. And then of course, there's the potting pack trays. So if you did buy starts last year or you still do buy some, um, save those. You know, the little black plastic containers, those are totally reusable. Just save them and then you can reuse those every year. Um, I love this one is egg cartons. So they're totally biodegradable and usually people have lots of them hanging around. So you just put your soil in them. The only caveat is they're, they're not really deep. So if you're going to be planting your peppers or your tomatoes, which can get kind of big and have a, a good root system on them, you'd want to pick something that's a little bit deeper. Um, a lot of people actually, I thought this was kind of cool, I think it would probably work best for herbs or things that are smaller, um, is the eggshell. So they use like half an eggshell and then they'll put the soil in there and they'll put the seed in there and let it grow. And so when you go to put it in the ground, you'd want to of course crack the bottom of the eggshell so that the roots don't have to struggle to get through it. Um, but eggshells are completely biodegradable. They're high in calcium. And a lot of people use crushed up eggshells when they're planting their tomatoes. And if you put those in the soil when you plant your tomatoes, they're calcium rich and it's supposed to eliminate balsam end rot. So eggshells can be a great thing to, um, you can try and plant your seeds in them or to break up and put in the soil when you're actually planting. Another thing is I just went to Costco and you know how they have those big clam shell things usually like the apples are in them um, they're big plastic clam shells well when you pop those oh they're a perfect circle so those would be an awesome seed starting container and I actually saved mine <laughs> to use to start some saving some of my seeds in so the important thing to remember when you're starting seeds is you will need some kind of soil so you can either buy um, they have special blends of um, for seeds when they're starting that you can buy at nurseries and gardening stores. Um, if you're a composter, then you can just get the soil out of your garden and, and put a little bit of compost in if you do that. Um, and so you're going to need your soil. So whatever container you decide to go with, then you're going to put your soil in that. And then you're going to put your seeds in there. And then it's really important when they're germinating, they need to be kept really warm. So between 65 to 80 degrees. And when the seeds are germinating, they need to be really moist. Now, not soaking wet, but they need to be kept moist. So what usually works the best is if you can keep them covered with some kind of plastic and it creates a mini greenhouse inside. So last year, I actually used, um, they have the plastic containers when you buy lettuce from the store. So I saved them during winter when I was buying um, some lettuce from the store. I saved a couple of the containers. And so they have the plastic lid that you open and I put the peat pots inside of that and kept them moist. And then I closed the plastic lid and it created a greenhouse effect and the seeds germinated super fast in there. Um, and so usually the seeds, you'll start to see them sprout, you know, it kind of depends in that environment, but anywhere from like three to five days um, is generally when mine all, all started poking up from the soil and I could see they germinated. So 
um, if you don't have those containers actually have a lid, then you can put your, um, whichever you decide to go with, you can cover it in plastic wrap. Um, but as soon as the seeds actually have sprouted, which means they've germinated, then you need to take the plastic off so that they have air and they can breathe and, and grow. You don't want to keep them covered after that. Um, and then when you're starting your seeds, one thing that's, that's really important, um, and this kind of varies. A lot of people use grow lights because a lot with the newer windows, a lot of them have the UV um, protectant. So not as much of the sun's rays actually come through, even if you have them in a southern exposure window. So a lot of people really recommend grow lights. Um, I'm going to probably try grow lights this year. I haven't used them in the past. I've always just um, put them in, in the window. Um, and I actually typically kept, when they were germinating anyways, I would keep them by the window that was closest to our wood stove so that they stayed warm. Um, because one of the things about windows is obviously it's colder right next to the window. So especially on really cold nights, um, you know, your temperature when you have something right next up to the window can drop a lot more than you would anticipate. So if you are using a windowsill for your seedlings and your starts and you know a cold temperature is going to come through during the night, take them down and put them in, in a warmer spot so that they're not right next to the window. Um, and then as your transplants grow, excuse me, your seedlings grow, you want to make sure that as the leaves grow, because they, they will go towards the light. So wherever you have them at, if it's a window and not a grow light that's directly over top, they're going to lean and they'll do it really fast too. And you can rotate them, but they're going to really lean towards the light, which means they're going to be leaning towards the window. So you want to make sure that when they're leaning, that they're not touching the glass because if it is chilly and they're touching the glass, you can damage the leaves or kill them because they're going to absorb the coldness from touching the glass a lot more, even if they're just a couple inches away from it. So you just want to be, uh, you know, kind of check those temperatures and, and be diligent about that. And then you want to keep your pots, whatever, using your soil, you want to keep them damp because you don't want them to dry out. But you don't want to keep them too wet because one, then you can introduce um, mold growth. Um, which we don't want. And then you don't want to keep them over wet because then you can actually drown them and then you'll kill them. So I saw this online and I thought it was a really great idea. Um, one gal had a, a tray that she kept hers in and she put gravel in the bottom of the tray. And then she put her um, seedlings in their pots on top of that. And then she put the water in the gravel um, so that the roots could just draw the gravel up from the gravel, but then they wouldn't be, um, you know, staying really wet. So um, I thought that was a really good idea, and it also, you know, helps the rocks help with the, the aeration and keeping, you know, mold growth and that kind of a thing down. So I thought that was a, a great idea. So you can just, you know, put some gravel and then put them on top of that. And then when you get ready to transplant your seeds, so when you're getting close, um, and so when you're, when you're planting anything, uh, direct sowing or transplanting, um, the rule of thumb is you can't, shouldn't put anything in the soil, um, and this is like a regular warm, warm vegetable, you know, regular summer garden type vegetables in the soil until the soil temperature, now not the air temperature, but the soil temperature needs to be 60 degrees. So you can either test it with a thermometer, um, or you might just know if you've been gardening for a lot of years, you just kind of know when that area happens, um, when that time happens in your area and when it's safe to plant. So you can't just take your seed starts. You can't take your transplants from the house and put them directly in the garden. 
um, because they'll die because they're used to the indoor temperature. They're not used to the sun. They're not used to the wind. So you need to do a process that's called hardening off. So what hardening off is, is it's, you're, it's really simple. So for the first day that you're going to be hardening them off is you want to just take your, and this is great why you should um, have your seed starts in some kind of a tray or a box or something that's easy to move and carry them instead of one by one. So you want to put them in a tray or on a big board or something that's, that allows you to move them and transport them easily. And you're going to take them outside. Um, and if it's really sunny out, then you'd want to put them in the shade for the first day. And you want to put them outside in usually the warmest time of the day um, in the shade for an hour and then bring them back in. And so you're going to do this every day. But each time you take them out, you're going to extend the time that they're outside. So the first day is only going to be an hour. And the second day, you're going to do two hours, uh, you know, and, and so on and therefore. So you're going to keep extending it. And then as it gets towards the end of the 10 days, I like to then move mine um, out into the direct sun for a little bit of it. Um, if you have a windy area, but only do this at the end, not the very beginning, or you're going to shock them too much and you can kill them. So I like to move mine into the direct sun for a little bit and then move them back and then into any windy areas if you have them, um, if you have a place that gets more winds so that they get really good and used to the weather outside. Um, because the spring and early summer here, we get some really weird <laughs> weather fluctuations. So I like them to be used to that. So then after 10, and sometimes if um, you know, I want to make sure that they're really good and hardened off. Sometimes I'll harden them off even for four, two weeks, for 14 days. Um, so just, you know, bring them in and out, that kind of a thing. And then usually on the last day that I'm hardening them off, what I'll do is I'll leave them outside overnight, but I will put them um, under, we have a covered porch, so I'll put them underneath the covered porch for the first night, full 24 hours out, and then I'll plant them that next day. Um, and when you're planting them again, you want to make sure that you, you water them you get the soil good and damp that you water them when you when you transplant them and then check them over, you know, the next few days. Um, and it's been kind of interesting. Um, there's a couple different growers that actually don't like the biodegradable um, seedling start pots like the peat pots or the newspaper. Um, and one girl, one gal, um, it was the on the vegetable gardening with Lorraine.com. Is she did a side-by-side study of her pepper plants, I believe it was, and she did some in the biodegradable pots and then some where she had them in the plastic pops and then you just, um, you know, pop them out and put them in the ground. And she actually thought that the biodegradable pots took too long to break down and that the roots couldn't grow and spread out and they couldn't get a good enough hold. And so she had a very different um, crop harvest and growth on the ones that she just put in the soil without the biodegradable pots and the ones that were in the biodegradable pots. And I did notice too, actually, I did um, some cucumber starts last year in the biodegradable peat pots, and then I planted them out in the garden. And then I also did one hill that was direct sow um, because I didn't have enough starts, I didn't think, <laughs> and I wanted a few more plants. So I did another hill with direct sow. And I kind of noticed the same thing, even though the um, seed starts little transplants, you know, were full on leaves, uh, I, they actually ended up producing fruit, um, the cucumbers, about the same time as the ones that I direct sow. And I, and I think it was because the roots were bound. So if you want to use the biodegradable pots, um, if you want to do like, you know, the toilet paper rolls or the homemade newspaper pots or the peat pots that you buy in the store, when you go to plant them, I would recommend taking a razor blade 
and cutting the sides, cutting slits all around the sides and then cutting off the bottom as long as you're not touching the roots when you do this, so you're not cutting or damaging the roots. So then the roots don't have to wait necessarily for all of that to degrade. They can push through the, the openings. Um, so that would be something that I would recommend doing this year. So you'll want to make sure and get the chart so that you know with all of your stuff that you're going to be planting, um, you can plan accordingly. Um, and I want to thank you for listening. This is Melissa K. Norris, pioneering today on KSVU 90.1 Community Radio.